Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we reflect on this prayer that you've given us, as we reflect on your want, desire to communicate with us and to be with us, we ask that your Holy Spirit interact with our spirit. Help our spirit to let go of those things which are not of you and to grab hold of those things which are from you. Heavenly Father, may you bless us and encourage us. May you open our hearts and our minds to who you are and how much you love us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. When we look at our lives, when we look at our relationships, it's probably very obvious, but it's, it's something to keep in mind, that, that our relationships thrive when we have good communication. Peter, imagine you going home and not speaking to your wife. Or she not speaking to you? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Imagine that happening. You know? How would you know what's going on? How would she know what's going on? Sometimes you both may be planning to cook. Communication is an important thing for us. You know? And good relationships, healthy relationships, rely on regular and good communication. And the good news is that when it comes to God, God invites us to regularly, to spend regular time communicating with him. God wants to be able to communicate to us, and we do that in worship, and we do that reading his Bible, but he also wants us to communicate with him regularly, to spend time with him. And it's one of the good gifts that he gives us. In Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6, we hear, Turn to the Lord. He can still be found. Call out to God. He is near. And also in Luke chapter 18, Jesus tells us a parable. He tells us a, a parable about why it's important to continually pray and never give up, to never lose hope, to continually be in conversation with God. Having a prayer life is important. So I have a question for you to think about, question for you to ponder on. How is your prayer life? How are you going communicating with God? How do you go communicating with God when you come to worship, when we have our prayers in worship? Do you just rattle them off? Do you just try to get through them as quick as possible? Do you just say them as you have learnt them from this age and just rattle them through without thinking about them? Or do you actually think about them? Think about the words you're saying and what you're saying. And how's your prayer life at home? Are you spending regular time with God, listening to God, taking notice of what you're saying and, and also taking notice of how God's responding to your prayers. Some people I know keep a prayer journal for this reason because, as one person said to me, I haven't got a very good memory. So I just write down everything and they said, over the year, it's amazing how many prayers God answers. It's amazing how many prayers God answers and many not in the way you expect. Many not in the way you expect. The truth is, the more time we spend with Jesus, the more time we spend reading the Bible, the more time we spend worshipping, the more time we spend connecting to the scriptures through connect groups or our own personal devotions, we start to see how important prayer is for Jesus and how important prayer is for us and the impact that it has on our lives as disciples of Jesus. So I encourage you to think about prayer as an important component, an important activity of being a Christian. And prayer being communicating to God, spending time talking to God, but also spending time listening to God. Well, 
one of the prayers that Jesus gave us to help us, one of the things that helped us is this gift of the Lord's Prayer. And just some background into the Lord's Prayer. In Luke chapter 11, verse 1, before he gave the disciples the Lord's Prayer, this is what's said. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. They'd obviously been following Jesus, these disciples. They'd been taking notice of what he was doing and they were seeing him regularly have a time of prayer. And what was interesting, if you look at quite frequently when Jesus has a time of prayer, it's often before some major missionary activity, whether it's healing, whether it's preaching. And he goes alone and spends time talking to his heavenly father. So the disciples have been seeing this. They also have been aware of John the Baptist who had taught the people who are following him, how to pray, how to talk to God. And for most Christians, we need to learn how to talk to God. Unfortunately, some people have an approach to prayer is that they must get it perfectly right. They treat God as the English professor where the grammar must be perfect on every occasion. And I remember in my first parish visiting somebody and You'll notice that um, often when I have a prayer time, I have a quiet time to allow other people to pray. And this lady said to me, Pastor, you don't need to do that. I don't pray unless it's written down by somebody else. And her reason, as we got talking, because I don't want to get it wrong because God might be unhappy with me. Well, was there a pre-teaching opportunity at a half there? So concerned about getting the prayers right. So the background, you know, the disciples would have been concerned. They weren't used to talking to God directly. Remember, they also would have their exposure of God would have been through the Jewish faith, which was you go through the priest to talk to God. You don't go directly. And yet they saw Jesus going directly and they're starting to grasp it, that they can go directly to God and talk to him. So that's some of the background. Now, there's another part of the background that's important for us to understand. The Lord's Prayer that we have comes from two... It appears in two parts of Scripture. It appears in Matthew and it appears in Luke. Two accounts of the Lord's Prayer. In Matthew, Jesus says to the disciples, pray like this. In other words, use the Lord's Prayer as a model for your own prayers. And in Luke... He says, say these words. Say this. In other words, say the words that I'm about to say. Now, unfortunately in Christianity what's happened, there's been two extreme points of view that have devolved around the Lord's Prayer that haven't probably been that healthy for Christian unity. And one of those is this. All we need to do is say the Lord's Prayer and that's all we need to do and we say the words exactly as Jesus said them. Now, when I'm in a cheeky mood and someone says that to me, I say, oh, do you know Aramaic? And often, and I've seen this happen, I've seen this happen in church groups and church meetings, they'll start, they'll finish their meeting and they'll say, let's pray. And they, all they do is rattle off the Lord's Prayer rather than spend time in prayer, particularly placing before God some of the decisions they made, particularly thinking about what's going on. 
And so that's one extreme. And the other extreme, though, which also hasn't been helpful, is this. We don't need to say the Lord's Prayer as the church says it. We don't need to say it as we say it in worship. We actually shouldn't even have it in worship like that because Jesus didn't say, say this. He said, pray like this. Well, I obviously haven't read their scriptures closer enough. When we pray the Lord's Prayer with the words Jesus has given us, it's very helpful for us. It's not just helpful for us, it's helpful for new Christians. And if you think about it, think about the Matthew and Luke, what was probably going on. Matthew was a gospel that is written to Jewish people, to people who have, were religious, who knew about prayer. And all Jesus was saying was, pray like this. This is how you pray. But Luke, on the other hand, was written to Gentiles, people who were new to the religious community, people who are, you might say, babies in the faith. And so he says, say these words, which is just a good, basic, educational approach. Give you the basics, right? Learn the basics and then build on that. And so my personal view, my, my personal view is that both should be encouraged. Pray the Lord's Prayer and... Use the Lord's Prayer as a basis, a model for your own personal prayers. And both are helpful. And that's what I want to expand upon a bit further, is using the Lord's Prayer as a model for our prayers. The good news is that God encourages us in the Lord's Prayer to pray particular things. And here's the interesting thing. If you look at the Lord's Prayer, it's a little bit like the Ten Commandments. Parts of the Lord's Prayer are to do with our relationship with God. It's about us and God and what God's doing for us. And parts of the Lord's Prayer is about our relationship on this earth and our relationship with other people. In the Lord's Prayer, God, first of all, and we talked a bit about this last week when we looked at the Apostles' Creed, first of all encourages us to talk to him as a loving Heavenly Father. Imagine your dad was the principal of a school and you went to that school you'd be in conflict of how you approach him do you approach him as Mr Smith or do you approach him as dad and that's sometimes the, the tension that we have as Christians we know God is God Almighty do we approach him as God Almighty or do we approach him as our loving Heavenly Father well, Jesus, on a number of occasions, encouraged us to talk to God as our loving Heavenly Father. And the consequence of that is that our discussion with God is less formal, is one where we can come before God without fear of being punished if we say the wrong thing, and actually sitting there talking to God and pouring out our thoughts, our words, what's on our heart, what's on our mind. And so that's the first thing Jesus encouraged his disciples, not to have some formality, but to have this come to him as your loving heavenly father. The second thing we pray in the Lord's Prayer is, hallowed be your name. And we're really asking for God's holiness to affect us. We know that God's holy, but we're praying that God's holiness affects us and our lives and the people around us. And then we pray your kingdom come. And what are we praying here for God's kingdom to come? 
Now, many people have this vision of God's kingdom come as this very authoritarian, you know, God gets rid of all, all the people who don't like him, all the people who are, and particularly Christ, some Christians, all the people who are not like them, and Christians are, are mighty and strong. But here's another way to look at kingdom. When a king changes, so does the way that country is ruled often. When a king changes, so is the way that country is ruled. And what we're actually praying for is God's kingdom, God's way of life, which is grace to reign in our lives. That God's kingdom of grace dominates our life. And I'm not sure about you, but I only have to turn on the news to see that grace does not dominate my life. I only have to get a window envelope from the traffic authority to know that God's kingdom of grace doesn't reign in our life. Right? Think about it. Could your life, could the lives of others benefit from more of God's grace? God's kingdom of grace. And fourthly, we have your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're praying for God's agenda to become our agenda. We want God's agenda to become our agenda when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And so this prayer that we're praying, this Lord's Prayer, that sometimes we can easily fall into the trap of just saying without thinking, is actually a very dangerous prayer for us if we don't want to change, don't want to be transformed. It's a prayer that, if, if God answers that prayer, think about the effect that it will have on your life. But not only does it about us and God, as I mentioned earlier, God also invites us to bring our needs, to bring the things in our life to him in prayer. And so he, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, if we go to the next slide, Amanda, when we pray the Lord's Prayer, he invites us to bring our physical needs. The physical needs that we, have, we see in our life that we need, the physical needs that we see in the lives of other people, the physical needs, the needs that we see that others may have. Again, you can open up the newspaper, you can listen to the news and you can see those. You can walk down the street. I know some ladies who, and I'll say ladies because often the ladies are the stronger prayer people, the more obvious prayer people. Some ladies I know who are what I call prayer warriors. They go for a walk regularly and they pray of the things they see as they walk. And then we have in the Lord's Prayer, this tricky thing. Forgive us our sins as we forgive the sins of others. Now, if it was like that, how we say it, exactly like that, how much would God forgive you? Would you be still carrying around any sins? I know I would be because I find it difficult at times to forgive. And I'd like you to think about it. Are there people, are there names that come to mind where you haven't forgiven somebody about something yet? Well, in this prayer, in the Lord's Prayer, this prayer that Jesus gave us to pray, he's actually saying, pray for forgiveness from God and pray also, pray also that you are able to forgive. For God's help to forgive. That's a whole other sermon series, the whole area of forgiveness, another sermon series. And I know some of you have got to go for lunch, so we won't cover that in full detail.
but we often need that, don't we? We often need help in forgiving. And so if you're struggling with forgiving somebody, I encourage you to, to bring that before God and ask God to help you. And then in the Lord's Prayer, we, ask, we pray for help and discernment when we're tempted away from God. Lead us not into temptation. It's not about um, being tempted to eat the wrong thing. But lead us into temptation is really about saying, God, lead us not into temptation. Help us not to be tempted away from you. And my experience is that most of the things that tempt us away from God are not bad things. They are good things that we use wrongly. Most of the time we're not tempted by bad things. I can tell you, if you put a plate of Brussels sprouts on our kitchen table, I will not touch it. I see it as the devil's food. It's not something I enjoy, it's not something to touch. However, if Veronica bakes a beautiful cake, a chocolate cake, and she bakes that and puts it on the table at 12 o'clock, guaranteed by about 5 o'clock, there'd be less than half there, even if she said, don't eat it. Right? It's the good things. The chocolate cake can be good, but I misused it. And so I encourage you to pray about that and think about that in your spiritual life. The things that tempt you away from looking at God, the things that tempt you away from thinking about God's kingdom being graceful, are often the good things. The things that stop you from praying, the things that encourage you not to come to worship regularly, the things that get in the road of you having a good relationship with other Christians are often good things that tempt us away from God. And so in the Lord's Prayer, we're actually praying this. Lord, help us. Help us not to be tempted by the good gifts you have given us. And near the end of the prayer, we pray, deliver us from evil. And what we're praying here is for God's power to deal with evil. The Bible, and Luther, Luther says in the Bible, there's three things that, that will tempt us and there are three things that bring us evil. One is the world. And just be careful, not everything in the world's evil, but, as I said before, good things. Two is yourselves. Ourselves will lead us towards evil, tempt us away from God. And three is Satan. And the difficulty in dealing with evil, we can't deal with evil by ourselves. We need God's help. And so in this prayer, we're praying, God, help us to deal with evil. Help us to respond to evil in a healthy way. Help us to deal with evil that comes before us. And Lord, we place into your hands the victory. We want you to have the victory over evil. Now we know that Jesus did this. He was on the cross and then he went down to hell. And he defeated evil. That is strong evidence that he shows us that he's got power over evil. But we often need to see that in our own lives. We'll experience it, we'll see it. And so when we pray this Lord's Prayer, we're praying for God's power to deal with the evil. And finally, when we say Amen, when we say Amen in any prayer, it's not the full stop. Some people who haven't looked at it think Amen just simply means the full stop. We're at the end of the prayer and some people may go, thank God. But the reality is, Amen is actually saying, 
We have confidence that God has heard our prayers. We have confidence that God will answer our prayers. We have confidence that God loves us. And so having a prayer life, what does it mean for us? And so here's some things. Here's some small tips about having a prayer life. First of all, encourage you to pray daily, to have times of daily prayer. You may have a specific time which suits you to pray or you may pray a number of times throughout the day. There may be opportunities for you to pray when you're travelling. There may also be times for you to pray about particular things. Secondly, um, allow your interaction with God's word and the world be your prompt for prayer. We are encouraged to pray for all people. And so reading the news, listening to the news and looking at scripture are good things. They actually bring the t- help bring the two together and prayer can be that junction point. So often it's important to spend some time in God's word. Keep in mind what I said before. Pray it, don't just say it. Don't just say the prayers. I often use some written prayers, some prayers prepared by other people. But as I use them, I use them in a way that I try to get into the deeper of what is God actually saying through these other people? What is going on in these prayers to help me? That's like when I pray the Lord's Prayer, is pray it and don't just say it. Fourthly, have times of silence during your prayers. Times of silence allow you to reflect and meditate on what God might be saying back to you. And sometimes God will speak to you, either through scripture or he may put something in your mind which you need to test out. But I encourage you to have times of silence. Yes, use the Lord's Prayer as a model for your own prayers, your own personal prayers. And most importantly, trust that God loves you, that God hears you, and that God is answering you. Now, if you're a busy person, you could easily say, well, I've just got to get through this. And I've seen this at um, different organisations, different Christian organisations, where they start a meeting and they let's get through the devotion as quick as possible. That's not important. We'll just get through it. Well, there's a new American church called the North American Lutheran Church. And their um, encouragement to all their congregations for their church council is to spend the first half hour in devotion and prayer before any meeting, to set the scene. And their reason, reason and rationale behind it is this. We are here doing God's business. And it's so easy to do God's business the world's way that we need to have God speaking to us and reminding us who he is and what he does. But if you're a busy person, you may want to take note of these words from Martin Luther. Luther made this comment. I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. In other words, he's saying, the work that I'm going to go and do today, I need to rely on God. I need God's help and need God's strength. May your prayer life be one where you connect with God and God connects with you, where you feel his presence and know his presence and where you grow in trust with God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the love you have for us. Continue to pour your Holy Spirit into us. Continue to open our hearts and our minds of your presence in our lives. And loving Father, as we walk on this earth, be with us and encourage us. 
Help us to remember that we can always talk to you as our loving Heavenly Father. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.